if they're not walking, um, even Christians that aren't aren't walking I don't know how to be thank you Father Lord just give me the words that I'm going to pray Father I just pray for those that are hearing things and are listening to the news and are are fearful and tonight as I teach on your supernatural protection. I just ask God that your word shall go forth in power and might as this goes out in the airways and whoever hears this, Father, that they will realize that your word has promised us supernatural protection no matter what circumstance or situation we find ourselves in. And so God, tonight I yield myself to you, spirit, soul, and body. And I thank you, God, that the Holy Spirit teaches through me. And I yield myself to you. And I thank you, Lord, that as, I, as the Holy Spirit pours out the anointing upon this word, that people will be settled. And they will realize that, that there is Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And I thank you, Jesus, that you are everything to us. We have an eternity to spend with you. And so, God, I thank you that your word says you've not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And I thank you, Father, that people will begin to take your word and receive it and not allow circumstances and situations to get into their way, to cloud their, their, their seeing of what the Word has for them, what the Word has promised them, and that you open the eyes of our understanding to your faithfulness and your goodness in Jesus' name. And God, I also pray for the missionaries that are being told to get out of the countries that they've been in for years. I pray for the Ramagrads, Father, that are, that are, that we have been requested to pray for and their names have been brought up. God, I just ask you to minister to them, reveal to them exactly what they are to do, whether they're to stay or whether they're to leave. And we just give you the glory in Jesus' name, amen. You know, that's a situation that when you, God's placed you somewhere and the, our government is telling you that this is your last chance to get out, do you stay with those that God has sent you to minister to? Or this is where they're going to have to really listen to God. So we need to really pray, not just for those that are overseas, but for those in our country. Things are, things are happening so very quickly. Um, honey, can you turn that fan off unless some, anybody's really hot in here? Let's turn to Deuteronomy 33:27. So I'm going to teach on protection.
You know, you never know who hears this. I've been invited to, what was the first place? And now I've been invited to come and preach in Pakistan. And I'm like, pardon? India. And I'm like, they don't like women over there. <laughs> you know? But praise God. If God told me to go, he'd make a way and then we'd go. I'd go, whoever. All right. 3327. The everlasting God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms, and he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee, and shall say, Destroy them. It says in the Amplified, Heather, if you want to ask her to turn that down, the eternal God is, is your refuge and dwelling place. And underneath are the everlasting arms. He drove the enemy before you and thrust them out, saying, Destroy. And Israel dwells in safety and fountain of Jacob alone in the land of grain and new wine. Yes, his heavens drop dew. You know, God knows how to protect his people. How many know that? Psalms 5, 12. Say, well... A lot of things are going on and a lot of things could go on. That's true. Are you ready? Maybe the name of this sermon should be, the title should be, Are You Ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for whatever? I know that my God always makes a way of escape. And like a prayer request came in tonight about those in Iraq whose children are being killed and the Christian's children and their heads are, the children's heads are being put on stakes. And... That's a hard thing, but they know exactly where they're going. They know exactly where they went. That's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to think about. But this has been happening all over, all over the world. You know, I think about the martyrs, the early church. I think about Stephen, and he looked up you know, when you think about, we don't, we don't need to fear. I'm not saying that we're going to go through this stuff because I'm praying not, but we don't need to fear. God is with us no matter what we go through. But we've got to be ready. We have, we have got to be ready to say, no, I'm not, I'm not going to deny, deny the Lord Jesus Christ. I refuse to deny him. Do you think it will get to that in this country? I don't know. I couldn't say, but if even if it did, are you ready? We need to ask ourselves that. For thou, Psalms 5:12, for thou, Lord, will bless the righteous with favor; will thou compass him as with a shield? Psalm You know, I've seen places where hurricanes have come in and just literally, or tornadoes have literally wiped out houses everywhere around, but Christian houses have stood where, where they were right in the path, but the tornado just kind of went around their house and their property and moved on somewhere else. And that's what we need to stand for. That's not what we need to believe for. 
you know, people are being um, persecuted at their jobs. Christians are, but God promises that he will take care of us. Our boss or whoever is not our source, God's our source. Or the government definitely is not our source. How many realize that? A lot of people think it is. Okay, Psalm 17, 4. By the words of thy lips I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. And I'm going to read that in the Amplified. I hope you take these and I hope some of them stick out to you and start praying over people that you know that might be in these countries or people that you know that are going through things, even people that might have cancer or whatever, sickness or disease. These are scriptures that they need to stand on for protection. Concerning the works of men, by the word of your lips, I have avoided the ways of the violent and the paths of the destroyer. My steps have held closely to your paths, to the tracks of the one who has gone on before. My feet have not slipped. Verse 6, I have called upon you, O God, for you will hear me, incline your ear to me, and hear my speech. Show your marvelous loving kindness, O God, who save by your right hand those who trust and take refuge in you from those who rise up against them. You know, unfortunately, the body of Christ in I don't know how many years has not been on their faces crying out to God and speaking forth the scriptures to be prepared for anything that can come along. And we need to do that. The Bible says, count it all joy when you encounter diverse tests and trials, knowing the trying of your faith worketh patience. I don't see a lot of joyful Christians running around. Matter of fact, the Lord tells us to not even speak of the things that those that are of, in, of darkness speak and speak. And you hear so many people speaking the things that are going on in the world, the dark things, the the wicked things, we, we don't need to be thinking about that or speaking about those things. Amen? I tell people, if you have friends that are ungodly and worldly, get them saved or get rid of them because they'll pull you down. They're not going to help you. They're going to pull you down. I was fortunate when I got saved, every one of my friends left because they didn't want to hear about Jesus. So... Really, that was a blessing to me. As wild as I was, that was truly a blessing to me. I had one friend that stuck with me through my divorce and through when I became a Christian. One. <laughs> and she lived in another town. Psalms 31, 19 and 20. Protection. God says he will always make a way of escape. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear, revere, and worship you. Goodness, which you have wrought for those who trust and take refuge in you 
the sons of men. In the secret place of your presence, you hide them from the plots of men. You keep them secretly in your pavilion from the strife of tongues. Notice what he says here. He says he keeps us secretly in his pavilion from the strife of tongues. It says in verse 20 in the King James, Thou shalt hide them in the secret, excuse me, of thy presence from the pride of man. Thou shalt keep them secretly in a, in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he has shown me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. Hallelujah. In Psalms 34, 7. This has always been one of my favorite scriptures from probably when I first was born again and I read from Genesis to Revelation, couldn't put the Bible down. And this has always been one of my favorite scriptures. It says, the angel, 34-7, the angel of the Lord encampeth round and about them that fear and delivereth them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trust is in him. O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. The angel of the Lord encampeth around those who fear him. I always think of this as the angels just camps around us. We have an angel that camps around us because we're believers. So everywhere you go, he goes. Who revere and worship him with awe, and each of them he delivers. O oh, taste and see that the Lord our God is good. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is the man who trusts and takes refuge in him. O oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, Revere and worship him, for there is no want to those who truly revere and worship him with godly fear. Now, I love verse 10. The young lions lack food and suffer hunger, but they who seek, inquire of, and require the Lord by right of their need and on the authority of his word, none of them shall lack any beneficial thing. How many have seen, you know, there's different ministries. I can think of one right now that I was selling food. And um, every now, I hate to say this, but every now and then I turn it on if I want to laugh. Um, and he started selling this food, and the food is disgusting looking. And um, he kept saying, we're going to be out, we're going to be out, and there will be no more. Well, it's really wild because there's constantly more. What did God do for the children of Israel when they ran out of food? He brought in manna, and then he brought in those wonderful birds that cost a fortune if you go out and eat them. Pheasant. Quail, I'm sorry. 
I was thinking, I was looking at Mary, did you say pheasant? No, I was thinking a pheasant. I remember a pheasant one time flew up on our porch when we lived on Rosalind, it was hilarious. A quail, they remind me of a pheasant anyway, but quail, sorry, rewind the tape if you need to. The quail, but he dropped them from the sky and when you drop that many or however they got there, I don't know, however it got there, nobody ended up being hit by one. It doesn't say, oh gosh, they had such a quail, you know, like a storm, like hailstorms. I think about that and then I think about the prophet. God told him to go and then the birds fed him. And when you, the food he was eating was special food and it was excellent food and I think that God never gives lack to those that, what it says here in verse 10, the young lions lack food and suffer hunger, but they who seek, inquire, and require the Lord by right of their need and on the authority of His word, on the authority of His word, none of them shall lack any beneficial thing. But you're going to have to stand. You're going to have to stand. We're in a time right now where we need to know the Word, and we're going to have to stand. We're going to have to know the Word and stand and require of the Lord according to His Word. It says in verse 11, Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you to revere and worshipfully fear the Lord. Praise God. Verse 13, it says, Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil, 14, and do good. Seek, inquire for, and crave peace and pursue, go after it. Okay, let's look at this scripture right here. The last one I did. Depart from evil and do good. Seek, inquire for and crave peace. Now, if you look at the world, what's going on in the world, and you're watching that, you're listening to that, and that's what you're that's what you set your attention on, you're not going to have peace. You can't. It's impossible. You begin to fear your mind. Our minds pick up on everything and anything we allow it to become a part of. And so people I've talked to that watch news all the time and that's what they speak about and they come against those in authority and listen this whole thing's been going on for a long time and we've been watching Rodney's when when he was in Washington recently when he did three weeks there and like he said he said this has been going on for a long time for the last hundred years and everybody wants to blame everybody before them. And like he said, I'm not here to, to, to name names. I'm not here to do any of that. I'm here to preach the gospel and teach you how to walk. I'm going to paraphrase this. Walk through this thing. And that's what we need to do is walk through every circumstance and situations. I think about the children of Israel. God would tell them what to do. And then he'd go tell them fight but they'd have to wait until God spoke. 
they got ahead of God, they'd be in trouble. If they didn't listen to his voice, they'd get in trouble. If they thought this worked last time, it's going to work the same way this time, they'd get in trouble. And that's where we have to be so sensitive to the things of the Spirit in this hour, especially in the days and the times that we live in. Amen? So it says here, I'm going to forget the lion bit. But they who seek, inquire, and require the Lord by right of their need and on the authority of His word. By right of their need and on the authority of His word. By right of my need and on the authority of God's word. You might want to write that down. None of them shall lack any beneficial thing. by right of my need and on the authority of God's word. Either God is telling me the truth or he's a liar. And the Bible says God is not a man that he should lie. And that's where most people get off. They believe part of it, but not all of it. You can't just pick a page you know, if we, were, if we lived in China or, or some of those countries where the Bibles are so scarce, they just get one page. Can you imagine just having, you know, America, we have been so blessed. I don't know how many Bibles, think about how many Bibles you have in your house. I know, we've probably got hmm, 20 at least, at least, if not more, I'd say. And yet, some people only get one page. And what if you got just one page of the law? Can you imagine? One page of the law. That's all you ever got. And what they do, they try to keep it for, and then trade them off whenever they can meet together. Remember a story that we heard of a group that was meeting together. This was years ago. And someone was turning them in. And so what they, what they decided to do, because they'd have to meet in different places, and what they decided to do, they, they just said, the leader of the group said, this is how we're going to do it. You pray, and the Holy Spirit will tell you where we're meeting next. They knew who, they knew who the spy was because he didn't show up. But the rest of them made it. I always thought that was a, an amazing an amazing, it wasn't a story, it was the truth, but I just felt it was an amazing instance of God's Holy Spirit, who is our teacher and our guide, how he would lead. Okay, let's move on to Psalms 46.1. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm prepared for whatever. The Lord is really, really impressing upon me to be prepared for whatever and try to teach this body to be prepared for whatever. For whatever goes on, God is our refuge, He's our strength, and He will take care of us. You say, well, what if you're beheaded? Well, if I'm beheaded, then I'm going to be taken care of because I'm going straight to heaven. 
Amen. Say, well, could it get to that? I don't know. I really don't know. Like when Mike brought up about those that are in Iraq, the Christians are on that mountain and they need to get off. I pray they have these scriptures. They have whatever scriptures they have. And think of yourself in a situation like that. What would you do? I'd be on my face praying and speaking the word as I pray that I would be on my face praying and speaking the word, every bit of word that I had in me. Out of the abundance of our hearts, our mouths are going to speak. And, you know, for years we've been told to put the word in there, put the word in there, put the word in there. I'm saying the word right now is more important than whatever you drink or eat. Hallelujah. 46.1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Listen to this. He says, God is our refuge and strength, mighty and impenetrable to temptation, a very present and well-proved help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear Though the earth should change, and though the mountains be shaken into the midst of the seas, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble, and its swelling and tumult, Selah, Paul's calmly think of that. There is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her right early at the dawn of morning. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter and were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, our fortress and high tower. Selah, think of that. Come behold the works of the Lord who has wrought desolations and wonders in the earth. Glory to God. And that, this is a really good, good um, chapter to read. The Lord of hosts is with us. God, in verse 11, God of Jacob is our refuge, our high tower and stronghold. Selah, think of that. Calmly think of that. You know, when you look at this, think of Israel. I think of Israel every day, every day. They never know what's going to come at them, but they're still standing. And isn't that, how big is that? It's about, one time we figured it out. Was it from San Francisco to L.A. or something? I can't remember. It's not even that big? I can't remember. And yet, they, God is going to cause them to ward off everything that comes against them. How powerful is God? Very powerful, more powerful than we can even imagine. Praise God. Psalms 91, 9 to 11. You say, well, I don't need this. Well, someone out there might need this tonight or whenever they hear it, whenever it's posted. Psalms 91, 
Was that my phone? I hope not. Okay. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty whose, whose power no foe can withstand. I love this scripture because it says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High and remains stable and fixed. You need to ask yourself, am I remaining stable and fixed? Now we're going to go down to verse 9. Because you have made the Lord your refuge and the Most High your dwelling place, there shall no evil befall you or any plague or calamity come near your tents. For he will give his angels a special charge over you to accompany and defend and preserve you in all your ways of obedience and service. So he says he'll give his angels special charge over you to accompany and defend and preserve you in all your ways of obedience and service. So in all your ways of obedience and service, you have angels that are defending and preserving you. And it says, they shall bear you up on their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the adder and the young lion and the serpent shall you trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he knows and understands my name, has a personal knowledge of my mercy, love, and kindness, trusts and relies on me, knowing I will never forsake him. No, never. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him, and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Hallelujah. With long life. I remember when people used long, old, used to be 60. <laughs> when people used to die younger. Um, people are staying older longer, amen? Okay, Psalms 97.10. You know, sometimes you have to stand and stand and stand, even though it looks worse and worse. <laughs> Whose truth? You know, God or circumstances and situations? Whose truth? God or the news? God or man? God or your checkbook? At what point are we going to stand and continue standing? It has to start now. I pray it's already started, but we have to learn how to stand no matter what. Start with the little things. 9710. 
O you who love the Lord, hate evil. He preserves the lives of his saints, the children of God. He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. Rejoice in the Lord. Verse 12, you consistently righteous, upright in the right standing with God and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Yeah, I want to go to Acts a minute. Dan, you're pretty good at Acts, I'm sure. Find where Stephen was. Found it, went right to it. Okay, I want to read this. This is the early church. Okay, we're in the early church and they're expecting, they're not expecting this, I guarantee you, okay? And so, I had to find the beginning of it. The defense of Stephen. Okay, verse 8 of chapter 6. Now Stephen, full of grace, divine blessing and favor and power, strength and ability, worked great, great wonders and signs, miracles among the people. However, some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedom, freed Jewish slaves, as it was called, and of the synagogues of the Scythians and of the Alexandrians and of those from Cilicia and the providence of Asia arose and undertook to debate and dispute with Stephen. But they were not able to resist the intelligence and the wisdom and the inspiration of the spirit with which and by whom he spoke. Now I want us to look at this for a minute. Stephen, it says, inspiration, they were not able to resist. Now these were not, these were baby Christians. They hadn't been Christians for a long time here. And they were not able to resist the intelligence and the wisdom and the inspiration of the spirit which, with which and by whom he spoke. I've met people who've been Christians for 50 years that they don't know the word. Remember that neighbor that said you couldn't rebuke Satan? And um, I was just a baby Christian, and, and we were talking, and she said, oh, don't mention Satan's name, you can't rebuke him. And I looked at her, and I said, what are you gonna do, let him walk all over you? I was nice, I was polite. She said, oh no, you can't do that. She, could, she did not know her authority in Jesus, and yet she was how old do you think? She's older than me, 70 something. And yet here we see Stephen, who had the inspiration of the Spirit with which and by whom he spoke. So they secretly instigated and instructed men to say, we have heard this man speak using slanderous and abusive and blasphemous language against Moses and God. Thus they incited the people as well as the elders and the scribes, and they came upon Stephen and arrested him and took him before the council, Sanhedrin. And they brought forward false witnesses who asserted this man never stops making statements against the sacred place and the law of Moses. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazare the Nazarene will tear down and destroy this place and will alter the institutions and usages which Moses transmitted to us. 
Then all who sat in the council, Sanhedrin, as they gazed intently at Stephen, saw his face had the appearance of the face of an angel. That's powerful. He just said Stephen, then he looks like an angel. And the high priest asked Stephen, are these charges true? And he answered, brethren and fathers, listen to me. And then, he go, and then he said, the glory of God appeared to our forefather Abraham. And he goes on and tells them the whole thing. The more he talks, um, the matter they're getting. And um, we come down into, gets into Moses. And he, 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 I mean, he tells them everything. It's interesting, he had their attention for all this. He talks about 42, God turned away from them and delivered them up to worship and serve the host. He goes, he really gets into the whole thing. And he said, he's, he, now he gets into, and we're over here to 51, verse 51. And he says, you stubborn and stiff-necked people, still heathen and uncircumcised in the heart and the ears, you are always actively resisting the Holy Spirit and the forefathers as the forefather, your forefathers were, so you are and so you do. Which of the prophets did your forefathers not persecute? And they slew those who proclaimed beforehand the coming of the righteous one whom you now have betrayed and murdered. You have received the law, and it is ordained and set in order and delivered by angels, and yet you did not obey it. Now upon hearing these things, they, the Jews, were cut to the heart and infuriated, and they ground their teeth against Stephen. But he, full of the Holy Spirit and controlled by him, gazed into the heavens, into the heaven, into heaven, and saw the glory the splendor and the majesty of God and Jesus standing in God, at God's right hand. You know, that's powerful because the Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. But when this was going on, Jesus stood up and, and Stephen saw it. And he said, look, this must have really done it. I see the heavens opened and the Son of God, or the Son of Man, standing at God's right hand. But they raised a great shout and put their hands over their heads and ears and rushed together upon him. Then they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses placed their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And while they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive and accept and welcome my spirit. And falling on his knees, he cried out loud, Lord, fix not this sin upon them, lay it not to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep in death. Thank God he prayed that prayer. Because there was Saul, and they were placing their garments at the feet of the young man named Saul. A lot of Christians would say, God kill him. But what did Stephen say? 
Lord Jesus. Fix not this sin upon them. Lay it not to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep in death. That's powerful. That is so powerful. Was he like Jesus? Yes. You know, there's a scripture that Brother Hagen used to give, and I don't know if you remember where it was, honey, in John 4. If someone is, has um, 1 John or 2 John, it says if they've not sinned a sin unto death, you can pray for them and they'll be forgiven. Do you remember what scripture that was? Hang on a second. Let me see if I can find this. For some reason, I think it was in 4. I'll let pastor look for it. I'm not sure where it is, but I remember Brother Hagen teaching on this one night or one day, whatever, and I think I've heard him teach on it more than once, but it was so powerful because we can, by our unforgiveness, we can hold people in bondage or we can loosen them to where they can hear the voice of God and get set free. Okay. Almost done. Did we do Psalms 9710? You should love the Lord and hate evil. Let's go to 9710. Did I do that one? Okay. Psalms 10720. This is one of my favorite ones. 1071920. They cried unto the Lord, and he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. Let's just turn there. You know, when I'm, this scripture, I probably use this scripture more than 1 Peter 2.24. I don't know, this is just a scripture that God showed me. It was, came rhema to me, and it's always been a very powerful scripture to me when I'm praying for people. Psalms 107, verse 19 and 20. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivers them out of their distresses. He sends forth his word and heals them and rescues them from the pit of destruction. Um, in the King James, it says, Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Did you find that scripture? Okay. I'm going to look up distresses, or have I ever done that? Dan would probably know. You know if I have. See if you have any distresses. I should know this since this is one of my favorite scriptures, but I have a feeling we're going to be using the distresses more. Okay.
I know it's in First John, honey, but I'm not sure. And then we're closing. So, if you want to write down distresses, just in case you might happen to get to deal with any kind of distresses. Okay, distress. It's, it's to cause sorrow, misery, or suffering. Wow. It says he, they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivers them out of their distresses. Heather, can you, are you writing this down? Can you write this down for me up there? Or honey, if you can, do you have paper? I'll let you, the pastor will do it, then you won't have to do it. Okay. Okay, distress. To cause sorrow, misery, or suffering. Make unhappy, anxious, etc. Get all that? To make unhappy, anxious, etc. Pain, afflict, trouble. Anything that, no, wait a minute, forget that. A state of danger or trouble. Bad straits. Sounds like what the world's going through to me. Distress implies mental or physical strain. Implies mental or physical strain imposed by pain, trouble, worry, or the like, and usually suggests A state or situation that can be relieved and then it says distress caused by famine. Isn't that interesting? So I see that this scripture is an excellent scripture to stand on. This has always been one of one of my favorite scriptures to stand on in circumstances and situations. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivers them out of their distresses. 
He sends forth his word and heals them and rescues them from the pit of destruction. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. It's probably one of the main scriptures that I use, that in 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Anybody need prayer tonight? Okay, I'm going to pray over the tithes and offerings. You want to put a bucket back there?